All right. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Principal's Desk podcast. My name is David. I am the founder of the Principal's Desk. And if you've been listening to our other podcasts, you know that we've had some wonderful, wonderful guests here uh, on uh, on the Principal's Desk podcast. And uh, we've got another one, uh, another one for you today here. So I am joined on this very cold January afternoon here. I don't know when you're all going to be listening to this, but it is a cold January day. It was 11 when I got up here in in beautiful Idaho here, but uh, I am joined by Lynn Harden. And Lynn has been a teacher, a principal, um, certified life coach with educators, and super excited and happy to be welcoming her here today. She's worked with new administrators, teachers. She has um, was honored with the National Principal Certificate for Equity and Excellence from NCUST. And uh, just really happy to have uh, someone with your immense experience and, uh, and background here, Lynn. So uh, welcome. Oh, thank you, David. I am so excited to be here. And as a member of the principal's desk on Facebook, I am a huge fan. I'm very grateful for that uh, container that you provide for us. And I'll just rub it in a little. I am coming here from sunny California wow. and it is 68 degrees. <laughs> I'm looking at palm trees. Uh, well, so, you just had I, like, you had like an Amazon river of rain come through in the last, uh, yes, last few did. weeks. So it's really so, uh, green and clean. Yeah, that's yeah. But I mean, it's cold here, but I got blue skies and there's snow. Aww. We got snow yesterday. So there's snow on the ground. It's beautiful, actually, now. But um, walking outside, it's a little it hits you in the face real fast. <laughs> it's cold today. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny because we're gonna be talking about mindsets today. And I grew mm -hmm. up in, in California. I actually grew up in, in Southern California in the LA area. And my family still lives down there. And uh, I lived in California for um, 43 of my 45 years and just recently moved here just a few years ago. And I grew up with the mindset in, you know, sunny Southern California that um, it was, you know, California and where I grew up, it is the best place to live. There's no other place like, and, and I, Hey, I love the beach. I love all these mm -hmm. things about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are other experiences that are out there. And I found that I looked upon other parts of the country, like I would never want to live where it's cold. I would never want to live there or there snows yeah. or when it rains a lot. And, you know, living in a colder weather climate, I, I love it. I love the four seasons. And I, I almost wish that I had made that shift earlier, but I was, uh, you know, again, talking about mindsets, very, very closed in just allowing other thoughts and other, you know, possibilities, you know, kind of come in. Um, I have this very vivid memory of uh, my dad uh, every year at the Rose Parade on January 1st or so. Um, you know, it's all, it's always a sunny day when they do the Rose Parade. It's always like in the 60s or, or low 70s. And my dad would say every year, everyone's going to want to move here now because it's like, you know, 20 <laughs> below in other parts of the country. Um, but um Mindset is so interesting to me because I, I, I could say, hey, I've struggled with it, you know, in my life and being more open to, to different things here. So I want to hear maybe a little bit more about your background. How did you come into 
really getting involved in life coaching and um, working with educators on mindset uh, development. Well, thank you. And uh, what you're describing is the human experience. None of us, including myself, escape our brain. And just a little um, quick background about mindsets. It is our brain. And we have two parts to our brain, the primitive or survival part and the more um, evolved or prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for creativity and logical thinking. And which opens up to new possibilities. But um, a, when a, a brain, our brain, any human brain perceives something hard or it's a threat or might be a challenge, the survival part kicks in, which means it's either going to fight or avoid or flee or freeze. So um, when, as it, especially with the way the educational environment is right now, there are stressors that is that is a fact and um the primitive brains are kicking in big time mm -hmm. and so my job as a life coach is to help our amazing um, i've also worked with superintendents i worked with principals sure. assistant principals new principals uh, any teachers really any any kind of educator and what i do is i don't tell them what to do um Coaching is about helping them come to their own growth mindset. And uh, I can provide tools. Um, I'm a, um, I was a principal for so many years. I did, I have vast experience and picked up a lot of things at work as far as running and leading a school. Mm -hmm. But until that mind is in the right spot, like, like you described being open, being open to another possibility that maybe there's another wonderful place to live, all the tools in the world are, you're gonna stumble. So yeah. to answer your question, how I got started in this was, um, I've always been interested in personal development, spiritual development, um, that's, um, I'm a consummate learner, but especially professional development. And I think, I, and I know I was interested in mindset before it was kind of cool to be into mindset, <laughs> And I had life on life terms about 15, 16 years ago, my marriage was really in trouble. My, my husband was out the door. He was married to me, a principal, and I was large and in charge. And I was a, a man in pantyhose and a suit, you know, mm -hmm. and that wasn't flying coming home being that way. And uh, because a lot of our a lot of leadership can come from a masculine perspective, so I, um, uh, in a sense, a mindset, a mindset to be a leader, to be a protector, to be a provider. But anyway, that wasn't the problem. He was out the door, and I love my family, and I love my husband. So um, I discovered a. I went to an all uh, Saturday and Sunday workshop on understanding men. And I thought I was going to go there and just get lots of tools, you know, how to communicate, mostly how to change him and how to get him to straighten up. And what it was, was from the very beginning, it was about looking where my perspective was, looking what my thoughts were and having being willing and open to shift my perspective. Because I was going in thinking that Mike was just like me. 
And he wasn't doing things like a woman. So I thought he was a hairy, misbehaving woman. And it was my job to straighten him out because I had those thoughts. He's supposed to be like me. And what I found out, what I left at the end was I had a shift. I had a complete shift in mindset. And today, um, you know, I came home with a different perspective, a different point of view, a different belief about just men in general, but certainly, which helped a lot when I hired male teachers or I worked with male students. Mm. We are different. We, I have an estrogen brain, David, and you have a testosterone brain. You know, we are different. We see and process. So it's wonderful to celebrate the differences. And I changed my mind. And now I've been happily married for 30 years. And I don't do it perfectly because I'll never do it perfectly. I mean, I still slip into that I can 20% about 20% of the time I'll slip back into it and kind of get large and in charge um but I know how I have the tools to get out of it also yeah so I started coaching then not necessarily educators but women that were struggling in their marriage and then I became a my district asked me to coach new principals who needed their clear who needed two years of on-site experience and having a mentor who guided them to help them clear the credential. And then I retired at 65 and I really wasn't ready to stop helping and uh, supporting um, educators. And I got certified by the Life Coach School with Brooke Castillo. And um, now I have a a private practice where I work one-on-one with educators and really with whatever they need. I would say about half the time it's mindset and then the other half of the time it's giving tools or skills for whatever it is that they need. Wonderful. Well, that is that's fascinating. Uh, just, you know, kind of how you take your experiences and you, you've molded it into something that can be very helpful to those of us that are struggling in one capacity or another. And uh, I'm sure a lot of my listeners out there are going to wonder what's that workshop you went to that helped uh, you see the male perspective <laughs> of things. Cause I don't even I know. Need, I need to send it, my wife to this thing because yeah. she, she'll look at me sometimes and like, I cannot believe you did this or said this, or you're acting like this. And I don't think anything of it, but um, I can see how like she sees things a certain way. I see things a certain way too. And we are different people. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just fun. Can I tell you how <laughs> men see women? Men see us as soft, sweet-smelling, overly emotional men. That's how they see us. (laughs) And therefore, not people to take on a hunt. (laughs) So so it's... um, the, I don't think the workshops still exist. No. So have your listeners contact me. And if they yeah. need help in their relationships, I, I'm happy to help there also. Because awesome. if, if things are good at home, that impacts what's going on in the classroom. Oh, 100%. Or what's and going on at the school site. I, I was very lucky when I was a principal. Um, both my daughters were born when I was a principal. And... Um, I was getting no sleep. My wife was getting no sleep. And um, I was lucky that, you know, I had a supportive, you know, partner at home who understood that, you know, I was leaving and and working and then coming home and taking care of the baby. She was taking care of the baby all the time. Um, But to have someone who understands what you do and the importance of it, if that's not there, like, 
it, that's hard. It's hard in any profession. I think in education, though, when you're around other people's kids mm-hmm. and you're not around your own, that understanding has got to be there. Because I struggled with that. I spent more time with other people's kids than my own. And that was hard. Uh, and I was bringing work home with me, not not physical work, but the emotional work of, you know, working with a lot of disadvantaged kids and at-risk kids. And I was coming home upset and angry sometimes with a long commute. And it was hard. Definitely hard. Absolutely. Um, just, I'm just curious, what was hard about it, working with other people's kids? I felt, uh, I felt um, guilty that I wasn't spending more time with my own. And so I'm sitting in IEPs or parent-teacher mm-hmm. conferences or students got sent to my office for disciplinary reasons. And I'm talking with kids, I'm coaching them, I'm, you know, helping out. And, you know, I, I know that I'm not doing the same thing for my children at home. Um, even though my wife, you know, you know, wonderful mother and Mm -hmm. it has always been, you know, um, but it was hard on her too. And so, you know, I felt guilty about that. I wanted to be, I wanted to like pick my kids up from school. I wanted to take them to school. I wanted to, you know, do these things that I know as a parent, you have a short window in life to be able to do those things. And I was doing that for everyone else's kids, not necessarily mine. And I did make some changes. Um, and so I did say, you know what, I'm gonna take my kids to school today, you know, or I'm going to be there to pick them up. I'm taking off early, you know, and, uh, other jobs and careers that are out there, you could do that. Um, in education, it's super hard because those are the hours. Um, but I had to change what was important to me at the time and communicate those needs to those around me, my, my staff and, you know, the folks in the district office and everyone, I was worried that they were not going to be supportive of it, but they actually were. And they said, no. Like, go ahead. Like, we'll put something in place where everything's going to be taken care of and you can go pick your kids up from school. What you described was a beautiful shift in mindset. Yeah. You're able to identify. (laughs) First off, I heard you, I heard you, if I'm correct, I heard you say that the feeling for you was guilt. It was guilt. You felt guilty. And we know that uh, our feelings or emotions are always tied to a thought or a story or a narrative. And I heard you say that the thought was that I cannot do the same thing with my own children. Mm-hmm. And that thought, of course, who wouldn't feel guilty with thinking that I can't do the same things for my own children? Yeah. Of course you feel guilty. And then when you feel guilty, um, you know, uh, our actions come from our feelings and our actions can be, you know, we over, I don't know what you did, but we, uh, maybe you overcompensated or maybe you beat yourself up or, uh, you know, I don't. Yeah. You know what? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember Uh, what I did, but um, what you just said, I mean, resonates as far as like, mm -hmm. I'm sure I overcompensated in some ways. I know I beat myself up uh, over it. And I know I came home upset. Like I just, I remember walking in the door just, I wasn't in a good place mentally to be a good father when I came home. Absolutely. Which was not as a good father, the result you wanted to create. Great. What I heard you say later, and I suspect, I don't know for sure, I wasn't there, but I suspect your thought changed from, I cannot do the same things for my children to, I can do the same things for my children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I had to definitely that, shift there. And that gives a new emotion. I don't know, maybe you felt empowered or um, excited. What I don't know, what is the thought? I can do the same things with my children. How do you feel when you think that? I just felt, I, you know, I felt like a regular person. Um, yeah. You know, I was like, you know, people pick their kids up from school. It's not always mom. 
you know, um, you know, dads pick up. I, I was in the parking lot every day after school, you know, helping with the traffic. Mm-hmm. And it'd be about 50-50 moms and dads. And it's like, I don't get to do this, um, you know, or volunteering in, in you know classrooms. You know, you have a short window as a parent to do that. Once they hit middle school, that's it. Like, they don't want you anywhere near <laughs> yeah. them at school. So, you know, it's like, I'm going to take the morning off and I'm going to go be a volunteer in my daughter's second grade classroom. And um, I felt like I was, you know, being a better father. I was also being a better husband. Cause it's like, I'll take, I got this, you know, you're with them all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do just this little bit, you know, to help you out, you know? Um, and my wife was also working uh, with our second child full time. And so mm-hmm. like, we, we had to partner up and mm-hmm. um that made that that meant that I had to make some changes, and I was really worried about making those changes. But at the end, I wouldn't have changed that for the world because I do have memories of yeah. volunteering in their kindergarten classroom. Which, yeah. you know, and all of that—that yeah. that was a great example of you changed a thought that you believed. You went from believing I can do this to I can do this, and then set it up where you picked up the, the actions where you set it up. You did it. Yeah. You helped your wife. And the result was rather than coming home upset and not being your best, you were able to be your best. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and that's that's really what I do when I coach, when I help other educators, whatever, whatever the feeling or thought or scenario or whatever's what's ever heavy on their mind, we 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 pull out a flashlight and take a look at it. Yeah. Now that it that seems that that journey that I went on and, and what mm-hmm. you also just described fits in nicely with um, a couple skills that you shared with me mm-hmm. earlier, which show up, share your heart and suggest solutions. So tell me how that gets folded into this whole kind of process and change around your mindset. Okay. Well, to begin with, if my mindset is one of, um, and I don't think it's unusual when you're new to have a mindset of, I don't know what I'm doing. I, um, they don't like me or I'm going to make a mistake or this is going to be hard. I mean, Mm -hmm. we talked about that. Um, and by the way, it is hard. You are going to make a lot of mistakes and they're not all going (laughs) to like, so, so new principles, it. new principles, new teachers that are listening to this. That is a part of the job. Not everyone's going to like Not you. all of it, but it's a teeny tiny part of it. Yeah. Not so, everyone's going to like you and you are going to make a, you're going to make, I made every yeah. mistake as a principal and I tell the principals that I coach that too. So just, you heard it from two veteran principals here. You're going to make okay. mistakes and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. It is yeah. part of the experience is part of the journey and our grit, my greatest um accomplishments came from my biggest mistakes absolutely every time Mm -hmm. anyway when you have a mindset that is not coming from a place of empowerment or feeling confident and feeling empowered your actions are you going to play small you're not going to show up you're going to hide in your office you're going to um, call as ma- go to as many meetings as you can. You're going to volunteer for committees. <laughs> so you're at the district office. Yes. And um, so once your mindset is that I know what I'm doing, I've got this, even if I make mistakes, mistakes mm-hmm. are okay, or it's hard and it's okay. And that's where I get my new people to where they believe it's hard, but it's okay. Once you've got that mindset, that it's so easy to show up. 
to be visible, to be present, to be um, available, to be um, walking around and not just, you know, walking the campus or walking the classrooms, but actually the next part, share your heart, connecting. You know, asking people how they are, learning the kids' names, learning your teachers' uh, hobbies, their families, yeah. what's going on with them, sharing from the heart. Actually, there is a scientific evidence that, and I would um, encourage my teacher when you're talking to someone, go heart to heart, like my heart faces your heart, and there's an actual electrical connection. Ooh. So share your heart. Be. I'm not saying you have to tell your every deep dark secrets but sure. it's very easy for principals to be a persona and to uh be yeah. um because they're afraid because they're afraid of and because of some thought that something bad is going to happen or it's going to be hard there's some thought behind that fear and when you work through that you're able to show up as your authentic self aligned with your values aligned yeah. with what's important to you and that's all teachers want. That's all um, uh, parents want. Kids already see it. Kids, no matter what you're doing, they see the real you. Oh, 100%. 100%. So uh, share your heart. Show up, share your heart, and, and smile for goodness sakes. Smile. If you connect heart to heart with some, flash them a smile. Yeah. You know, you know, it's I, funny. I, I wrote about, no, I'm sorry. I, I just, I want to jump in because I wrote about that in one of a, a blog that I posted, gosh, years ago mm -hmm. um, about school culture. And, um, and I know you, well, I'm, assume, I'm assuming you're going to agree with this. If you don't, please let me know. But um, I've done a lot of campus visitations in my career and I've, I've walked a lot of campuses, met a lot of teachers, a lot of principals, a lot of kids. And you can sense the culture of a school from Absolutely. when you open the door of your car and step foot in that parking lot. You yeah. get a sense. And when you're walking through the school campus, and I've called out school administrators on this before, um, you're walking through the halls, no one's smiling. Mm -hmm. No one's, the teachers aren't acknowledging kids, principals aren't acknowledging teachers. And it's like just people are just, I need to get from point A to point B. That's not how our society works. You have to acknowledge people, say good morning. How's your day? Smile at them. And that can make a huge difference. And you're going to feel better too if you smile. I, I led three schools, three different schools for seven, each one of them for seven years. And each one of them, as I stepped in, was a different culture and was a culture very different than the, the beginning and each one of them i know that i left a little bit better but i they're absolutely very very unique mm -hmm. and um i think that it's just so important to um to have that connection because i know school safety is number one absolutely number one and i'm not talking about extreme versions of safety I'm talking about, uh, and I'm not minimizing that. I'm talking about the kind of safety where you feel seen, you feel heard. Yes. A kid feels like I can go and I can express myself, or a teacher feels, or a staff member feels like I can be myself, and I, I and it's safe to be just whoever I am. Yeah. And yeah. if you are just like what the the school you're describing earlier. Safety is not created by removing threats. That's not how you create safety. You create safety 
by having connection, by building yeah. connection, not trying to remove all the bad stuff and all the threats. It's with that connection. Yeah. And it starts with, that's why I say share your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I have felt with the schools that I've led when I've shared out things about myself, mm -hmm. um, I feel that connection stronger with my teachers. Um, and I think a lot of, um, and tell me what you think about this, you know, I think a lot of new administrators in particular struggle with sharing their heart because they come from a, you know, a previous position where they were colleagues with everyone on campus and peers with everyone to a place of you're supervising now. Right. Everyone you're on the, campus. You're their boss. You're, you're their boss. boss. Yeah. And you feel like, and I like what you said, like, they don't want like a persona or like this thing that mm -hmm. they think a principal should be. They want to know who you are. I think a lot of administrators, especially early on in their career, are scared to do that because they feel like, I'm, well, I'm supposed to be this, like, you know, I'm evaluating everybody and I'm in charge. And yes, you do evaluate everyone. You are, I wouldn't say you're in charge, but you, you, you know, you are leading the school as an instructional leader, but at the same time, you are still everyone's colleague you're still there for everyone and they want to get to know you as a person. Uh, so when I share out about myself, I always lead with the fact that I'm a father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Always. I'm a father. I'm an educator. And then I go into like the other things, you know, but like first and foremost, I, I've got two girls mm -hmm. and that, you know, all of a sudden, like as a dad, like a lot of people are like, Oh, that's nice. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy with my two kids. What are kids, your names, you know? David? What are your girls' names? Uh, Mackenzie and Emerson. Are my oh, I names. love the names. I love the yeah. names. Two Scottish, uh, Scottish names, and uh, we're not Scottish, but <laughs> oh, they're still beautiful you know, names. They, those are the names that we came up with, and they're not tied to family, or we just like the names. So they're beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely thank you. Beautiful. And I, I believe that, um, and I had to learn learn it through a series of mistakes. I do, I do believe that it is still possible. It's more the space or the energy you come from. If you're coming from a space of that you're in your heart, you're aligned, you're authentic, and you're still a persona, you can say, no, that won't mm -hmm. work. We're not going to do that. Or yeah. I'll have to get back to you. Or I hear what you're saying. But um, I mean, ultimately, the leader of the school has the last vote on some things. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately. I mean, there are some situations where everybody has a vote. There are some situations where the staff just has a vote. And then there are some situations where the principal just has a vote. There, it's all different. It's not that right. black and white. Right. But if you're in a space of um, where you're showing up, you're sharing your heart, you're visible, you're authentic, you're aligned, you're confident, coming from a confident mm -hmm. energy. And then the next part, which is um, share solutions. And when you're in that space, you're not going to come out like large and in charge. You're not going to come out with off with their heads and <laughs> I'm the supreme leader. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to listen to what the problems are and offer solutions and not tell everybody this is how we're going to do it. I mean, there are mm -hmm. times where you go, no, this is how we're going to do it. Sometimes things come down from the district. Sure. That is, and I tell them, hey, I don't get a vote either. I'm with you. I did the same thing. You know, I'm with you. <laughs> you <laughs> got to call it out. My boss is saying we have to do this. Yeah. So, yeah. Unless anyone here wants to tell my boss we're not doing it, 
we're, we're, we're going to do it. Yeah. I don't have a choice in this. Right. Yep. Yeah. So that, so those are, I think are really three with, <laughs> once you have your, your head in a good space, the three S's show up, share your heart and um, suggest solutions. Yeah. You know, the solutions piece, uh, no one likes uh, any sort of a colleague, let alone a, a principal or an, uh, you know, a teacher leader, you know, who's not suggesting solutions or just kind of harping on the problem. Um, mm -hmm. And then it also shows that you are, uh, you're looking to seek, uh, maybe compromise is the wrong word, but you're, uh, you know, you want to see this thing through. You're not just going to leave it as like, oh, we can't agree. I, I think it's collaboration. You're, I, yeah, collaboration. I there we go. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Um, but um Gosh, and you said something else, and I had it, and then I lost it uh, from a few minutes ago. I'm sure it'll come back before we end the episode. But, um, you know, again, just having been your authentic self and understanding those around you, um, you know, and, and, oh, it was understanding, like, teachers' hobbies and things like this. And so what I used to do, um, I got to know some of my teachers' coffee orders, and I didn't do this every day. I didn't do this every week. Um, but every once in a while, I would, uh, we had a coffee place right down the street from my school. And I, I drink a lot of coffee. So I would get myself coffee and I'd get one for one of the teachers and I would just deliver it to the classroom as they mm -hmm. liked it. And so stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, those small things. You were just, you were being thoughtful. Small things. Yeah. Very thoughtful. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's those and little I think things. that comes about. under the category of sharing your heart. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it does, heart. too. Yeah. I think it does, too. And, uh, you know, I did clash with some of my teachers on like baseball teams. Mm -hmm. So coming from uh, coming from Southern California, diehard <laughs> Dodger fan right here. Mm -hmm. And I lived in the Bay Area where there's Giants fans. And mm -hmm. that was tough to get over. But I did sort <laughs> of. But we made a game of it at least. So, um, but we had a good time. Um, but I think, again, that's all about your authentic self. Like, yeah, I was the principal that, you know, uh, when the Dodgers were playing the Giants, I wore my Dodger hat to school, to work. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was walking around campus or at recess, I wore my Dodger hat. And again, it was a conversation piece for kids and teachers and parents who saw me. And again, like that's that authentic self piece that brings people to you. You become a real person and they, you know, yeah, let's talk about baseball, but then let's talk about your kid too. Like, yeah. and it becomes like, yeah. uh, I, Hey, like I'm approachable. I'm just not the guy wearing, wearing the suit, which I didn't do all the time either. One, but. one of the tools that I teach my clients is called listen to learn. And it's really easy. Um, and you, um, that one of the differences between masculine and feminine is, um, the feminine listens. Do I agree or disagree with you? Because I'm looking for safety. If we agree on what you're saying, I feel safe, I can breathe. If we don't disagree, my survival brain kicks in and I'm gonna back up. So that, so maybe 50-50% of the time you're gonna feel safe and connect. <laughs> but instead of listening to whether I agree or disagree with you, is to listen to learn, which is, mm. okay, I may not agree with what they're saying. And this would be excellent for political conversations, in my opinion, It's <laughs> how I get through it is what is their value what what is their what are they, are they trying to teach me something or what are they trying to show me yeah. about themselves 
that what that's an important value of them because I believe that we all have values that mm -hmm. we have to be aligned to. So it's kind of like a um, scavenger hunt, and it makes conversations far more interesting because you don't get triggered. And um, mm -hmm. this was one of the greatest tools that I used with people that I didn't agree with. An angry parent coming in hot, I might especially over maybe. A discipline decision that I had made that would that was my decision mm -hmm. and they didn't agree with it and I would just listen and not do I agree or disagree but listen what are they trying to say say to me usually it's like what do they need they're mm -hmm. trying to yes. show me what they need mm -hmm. they're um and that really helped us to get into the solution mm -hmm. and so that is one of my favorite um free tips and tricks for all administrators like out there is rather than listen to agree or disagree shift in to listening to learn i like it it goes along the lines of something i share with uh with the principles that i coach is you can dis uh, you know disagree with the um disagree with you can disagree with what a person's saying but don't you're, you're disagreeing with what they said not the person so to yeah. like separate it out and then all of a sudden you're not going against somebody else. You might be against the idea and that's okay. You can discuss the idea, but once you make it, once you personalize it on a negative way, the conversation takes a different turn and then it becomes about winning. And especially in education, there is no, you know, there's only a winner when everyone is working together towards, you know, being a, having a child be successful. I never set out to win an argument with parents. Um, what I wanted to is come to an agreement that was going to be in the best interest of the kid. It might not be what they like. It might not be what I like, but if that's what's best for the kid, we can agree on that. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't become an arm wrestling match, which no one wants to, you know, no one wants to get into that. No. And it, and it, as you learn, I and it, it helps whenever we're talking, we're rarely saying factual things. Okay. We're, uh, human beings in conversation. And when we're talking, we're telling stories, we're giving our opinion, we're sharing our beliefs. Um, nothing that I don't think that anything, uh, a few things I've said were have been factual, like about my experience in my marriage, what happened that was factual. But everything else you and I've been sharing are just experiences and stories. Yeah. And um, so that's mindset. It's when you hear a story or you hear about what something happened or somebody says something, it's what you make it mean. Mm -hmm. It's what you make it mean. That's the thought. And uh, it's so sometimes the thought is leads to an emotion we want. And then sometimes it doesn't. So that's where the mindset and every oh. human being, not just educators, every human being, that's just how we've all, we're all made. If you have a human brain, that's what you do. So that's the human experience, and no one's misbehaving because yeah. we're uh, we're just listening to stories or kind of watching movies. Yeah, and, no, I like uh, that. Does that does, did I make sense? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love for you to take us through um, this uh, model that you and I talked okay. about the other day here in the the few minutes we do have left here. Is I think it's it's gonna be really great for our listeners to, to hear about this when you're when you're trying to uh, you know address a situation and you are working on your mindset um what's something practical 
you know, and I found this with what the model you showed me, something practical that I can do that's going to help me shift my mindset and really focus in on the solutions rather than kind of just feel like I'm just spinning my wheels and not really understanding what the true nature of the problem is. So um, I'd love for you to share this out with uh, with our listeners here because I think this is great. And, and for principals, listen to this. This is great for te- like a teacher workshop. I think this would be amazing. Um, and also parents as well. I think this is something that a lot of folks can get behind. So thank you. Yeah. And I am going to be doing teaching the model for educators because um, it is, it, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. The, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, in a quick way, just explain what the model is. And then I'm going to give them a quick tip to maybe get out of a, a tailspin when something yeah, happens, great, all right? Great. All right, the model is um, circumstance. Something happens that is a fact. Um, there was a pandemic. It, um, there was a, um, a parent said they were unhappy with my decision. Um, you and I are on a podcast right now. It is a, a fact. So a circumstance is a fact. You could take it to a judge and an attorney and a jury, and they would all agree that it was a fact. So, all right. So circumstances are facts. Then as human beings, we make meaning out of that circumstance. We have a thought and each one of us can have a different meaning to the same circumstance. So a thought about what just happened is just a thought. We believe our thoughts are the truth and they never are. They're just a reaction to something that is a fact. All right. Isn't that mm-hmm. interesting? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I coach people and they die hard. No, it's true. It's like, okay, well, let's, let's keep digging because that's the, <laughs> the, that's the brain, the ego that says, nope, if I think it, it's gotta be true. And um, so thoughts are not true. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just thoughts. Mm-hmm. They're actually just a neural impulses in the brain. The brain's just shooting out stuff. So you, ha- you have a circumstance, something happens, you have a thought, which is, the not the truth and um, our thoughts create how we feel so based on a thought that I have um, I think we did the pandemic yesterday or is that um, the pandemic you're well I won't use that one I'll use um, this podcast some people may think wow this is amazing and the feeling is one of excitement or happiness some people may be thinking, oh my gosh, that David and Lynn, that was horrible. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing out of that. So their feeling would be disappointment. So mm-hmm. depending on what your thought is based on a circumstance, the thought determines the feeling. And then based on our feelings, we take action. Mm-hmm. The person who had the thought, I love this podcast, they're going to tune in and subscribe and keep listening. The one who is not real happy with or didn't like it, they're not more than likely they're not going to tune in Mm -hmm. or subscribe and they may even take other actions of bad mouthing us or, or maybe they might email you and complain, (laughs) you know, I don't know where I hope not, I'm sure they won't, but but I think you're up, you're up for it. Yes. And um, based on our thoughts, our feelings and the action we take creates the results. So if um, we have the power to create the results in our life, we have 
absolute power to create any result in our life, not others. We have no control over others, but in our own life, we can create any result based on our mindset. That's how powerful it is. So I, and that I simplified the model, but this is what, um, it really helps to distinguish a circumstance from a thought. So if something happens and you have a thought or a feeling that is not, um, doesn't, is not in your best interest or it's not what you want, or it's not creating the result that you want, get a piece of paper or a whiteboard and write down you can write down all of your thoughts and you know kind of we call it doing a brain download to clear out your head but then on the other side write down what is a fact what is a fact okay so mm -hmm. for example the fact is we are recording a podcast that's a fact right now and number two you could write it's not going really well well, or it's going well. In fact, I think it's going swimming. <laughs> I think it's going great. So <laughs> I think it's going swimmingly. It's just, it's just we um, we have a tendency to want to change the more negative or painful thoughts. But I think sure. it's going swimmingly. Um, that's subjective. That's mm -hmm. a thought. Yeah. It's it's not really true. It's not really. We don't know that it's true. We don't know that it's true. It's subjective. For someone yeah. else, that might not be true. So. If things don't go well, and the first thing, determine what's a fact and what's a thought. That's my mm -hmm. biggest tip when you begin to work within the model. And of course, I invite anyone to reach out to me and I'll, I'll teach you the model. I'm mm -hmm. happy to share with you how to do it. No, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. And I think my biggest takeaway, I know when we spoke uh, pre-podcast uh, and you said it just now as well is the model and the work with mindset is about changing your perspective, not someone else's. And I, and I had that realization yesterday when we were talking that I spent a lot of time and energy trying to change the perspectives of other people before maybe I needed to change my own. And a lot of energy was utilized that didn't actually you know, get me anywhere. Um, so I think that's really important to let's look in first and oh, work there said. and before we go out, outwards. Very insightful, and, you know? very insightful and very wise. So. Well, thank you. I try to be very wise. <laughs> um, and I also think, you know, when you have, when you've done, been in that role of a school leader, uh, you know, and I did it for a decade, I, I can look back upon things that I, I know I did well and some things that like, gosh, if I had the opportunity to do it again, I would do things completely different. And um, that's where my own coaching has come in play, where it's where I tell, you know, my, my, you know, mentees, it's, it's, you know, hey, I, I've made this is the mistake I made. I don't want you to make the same mistake, because it took me a while to dig myself out of it. Mm -hmm. um, I did. But if I can prevent that from happening up front for you, that's, that's worth it, you know, and so uh, I think this work is so important. I think it's fascinating. Um, and I, I thank you for coming on today and sharing uh, your work with all of us here. If if um, there's someone listening who does want to uh, get in touch with you, uh, learn more about what you do, and maybe utilize some of your services, um, we'll, we'll put this in the notes of the podcast here. But where where can they go to to connect with well, you? Well, they can find me in the principal's desk 
under <laughs> Lynn Hardin, H-A-R-D-I-N. Just shoot me a message or make a comment. I mean, I'm I'm in there. Um, I'm in there. Fair enough. Fair amount right. because it's a, a great forum. But I also have a website, um, www.lynn, L-Y-N-N, Hardin, H-A-R-D-I-N.com. But uh, I'm on Instagram with the same name. So just send me a direct message uh, or reach out to me from the uh, website. And I'll be happy to help you in any way that I can. And David, I like you look back and um, look back. And if I could have changed it, I would have. But we're completely different people today. Yes, we really are. As we will be completely different people in mm -hmm. a year. And, yes. Um, and that's, that's, that is part of the human experience and growing as an educator. And I just want to encourage all our principals and educators to um, not be afraid to make mistakes, mm -hmm. not be afraid to fail that that is the most, I think that's the number one part of a growth mindset is that's that great. willingness to fail. Yeah. I think that is a great place to, to wrap it up here. I think those are yeah. some very wise words, uh, but thank you so much. Lynn, oh, for, thank for you, David. I'm so glad I got that. Well, I'm a bit of a fan. So I'm oh, so hey, I'm a, I'm a fan now. I'm a fan now <laughs> of you. So, but thank you for the work that you do. This has been really, really great. Um, because this is the type of work that I think we all need to be engaging in. Um, yes. The instructional stuff is great. The leadership stuff is great. But understanding how our own brains are working and mindset, I think that is that foundational piece there that really makes a strong leader um, a great leader, you know, and, and go from someone who's just kind of going through the motions and having that little kind of like that imposter syndrome a little bit to feeling that mm -hmm. confidence and like, hey, I got this. That doesn't mean I'm perfect but I got this and I got a great collaborative team around me that, you know, we're going to do some great work. So um, we will put um, your information there in uh, the notes of the podcast, but uh, thank you again for uh, coming on today and uh, looking forward to uh, connecting with you in the uh, principal's desk Facebook uh, in the future. Thank you, David. Alrighty. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is David, the founder of The Principal's Desk. If you want to learn more about the professional development services that we offer, please check out www.principalsdesk.org or email us at info at